Well, hey, good to see everybody today. I'm so glad that you made it and you're here. You're here. Clap for somebody who made it to church today. Woo! Hey, I want to just take a moment and uh, say thanks for coming. My name is John. I'm lead pastor here. If you're new with us, I'm glad you made it. And uh, I just got to share a personal victory story. And maybe for some of you, it's not going to sound like much of a victory. But for us in our household, it's a big victory. This week, something happened. Okay, so for five years, we've been living in this house. And uh, there's been a problem with our garage. And every time we opened the garage door, it made this hideous screeching sound. Like it sounded like Hanson family is torturing small animals in there. Like that, it's like, no, I'm not going to do it. I was, I was about to try to make the screech sound. I can't do it. It's going to hurt your ears. But it was so bad that for five years, we literally just would you know, refrain from opening and closing the garage door. We would literally you know, say, don't open the garage door unless you have to. Don't close it unless you have to, because it sounded so bad. I mean, we had a, 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 a police officer who lives down the street for us, from us come and say, hey, you know, it's really dangerous. You leave your garage door open all the time. You could get robbed. And I said, it's more dangerous if I press the button, it, it's going to fall apart, right? It was like one of those. And, and so I've done everything. Like I've, I've done like a series after series of YouTube videos, try to do it myself routines, spray this, rub that, tighten this, adjust that, and nothing would work. And it was really bothering me so bad that finally this past week I called the guy. Is that defeat? Am I admitting defeat right now? I called the guy, right? I called the guy, and he came to the house, and, and, and in like five minutes, he was like, oh, it's that. And it was this one piece of metal that was scraping against this other thing, and I just couldn't ever see it, but it was there the whole time. And in 15 minutes, dude, just fixed it. All done. All done. I literally would, after he left, I stood there and I pressed the button like 30 times in a row, just marveling at the beauty of the quiet garage door opening. That was the victory in my house. But I was thinking about this. So for five years, we've lived in that house. And kitchen's good. Family room's good. The bathrooms are fine. The living room's good. The stairs are good. It's mostly really good. But this one thing on the outside was such a problem. Every single, literally every single day. We're like, don't touch the garage door. Leave it open. It's crazy. And, and it feels so good to have made a little adjustment that allows it to be better. And I guess I want to share in this message today that this series, Work in Progress, it's, it's a little bit like that. We're taking a look at some things where there's a lot that's good in our lives, a lot that is going in the right direction, but maybe there are some areas where we can go, but that, <laughs> that needs some attention. I need to call a guy for that. And the guy we're calling is Jesus, and he's coming through his word to us with wisdom, with insight that helps us to grow, to change what needs to be changed, to, to make the progress that uh, will help us experience more of his goodness. And so we're going to take a little bit of time uh, and, and turn to the scriptures today. But I wanted to just begin with this. This message is about our physical bodies and the way that we are a work in progress, even when it comes to our physical bodies. And, and I wanted to just start with this in Third uh, John chapter 1. In Third John chapter 1, it says, Dear friend, I pray that you may enjoy good health and that all may go well with you, even as your soul is getting along well. I want you to think about this for a moment, for what it is. This is the word of God. This is inspired by your heavenly Father, out of his great love for you. And I want you to just imagine him whispering these words over your life. And I want you to say them uh, out loud with me. And hear them for what they are, the word of God spoken to you. Say it with me. Dear friend... I pray that you may enjoy good health and that all may go well with you, even as your soul is getting along well. This is God revealing his heart for you. And he's saying, dear friend, I pray that you may enjoy good health. That's pretty good stuff. I'm, I'm actually pretty grateful that from the heart of my God, that sentiment and that intention comes through. This is God revealing how he feels about you, how he feels about me, what he has in mind for me and you, and that it is that we may enjoy good health. Do you embrace that as the scripture, as the word of God to you? Do you, if so, say yes? Yeah, because the alternative is to deny it and say, no thanks, I don't want to have that. That sounds like health and wealth gospel. 
It's not a health and wealth gospel. It's just Bible reading, right? And it's the scripture. God is saying, dear friend, my hope is that you may enjoy good health and that all may go well with you, even as your soul prospers. And so when we think about church, we generally think about our spirituality and our soul, and it's kind of over here somewhere. And then physical stuff in your body, that's a different whole category, but let's just do church. But I hope you hear what I hear, which is God looking at you and me going, no, 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 they're actually integrated. And the scripture, again, I'm going to just one more time say, I, I pray that you may enjoy good health. Now, here's the thing. The way that is phrased, I pray that you may enjoy good health, indicates that it's possible that maybe I, I might not, too. Right. right? OK, so let's just stop. I want to stop for one second. OK, so today, uh, everybody is very quiet. And I'm not sure what that's about. But I want you to just let me know that you're alive and awake for a second, OK? Because I'm not bringing any heaviness yet. It's all good so far. <laughs> so you can give me something back to work with. It's like, it's like fuel sometimes. But I, I, want, I want us to embrace that God has a desire for us to, that we may enjoy good health. So I'm starting there. But then 2020 comes along, right? Pandemic. And all of a sudden, everybody's freaking out about everything having to do with health. And the way it happened in my household, when 2020 hit, pandemic starts, COVID, and the plague of death was going to be coming, and lockdown, and shutdown. Remember those days, the early days, and it was raining a lot, and everybody was sent home, and we were, a lot of us stuck at home. And, 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 and we know the verse, right? He has not given us a spirit of fear, so we're not afraid. We're not afraid. But there was something that started happening in my house that I can only describe as panic baking. Panic baking. Like we're on lockdown, there's the threat in the air of COVID, and all of a sudden, every day, it was like brownies, oh, next day, blondies, next day, uh, chocolate chip cookies, next day, peanut butter chocolate cookies, next day, banana bread, next day, banana bread with chocolate chips, back to the chocolate chip cookies, and they're all like sitting next to each other. And it's a little bit like, you know, we don't have control over everything else, but at least I can make some muffins, right? I can do that. I can't get any toilet paper, but I can make more brownies. <laughs> and so it was like panic baking going on in our house, and, and, and it was good. We were on a, on a muffin streak for literally like two weeks straight. It was great, except it wasn't. Do you know what I'm talking about? It wasn't. And, and we, we did, you know, pull back on that after, after we realized we weren't going in a good direction. But on the whole, that beginning of that pandemic did wake something up inside of a lot of us. And, and for me, what it woke up inside of me was, you know what? I need to do whatever I can to strengthen my own immune system. Like that, that was the, if I step back and look at what was going on inside of me in those moments, out of all of the craziness and you can't really tell what's true, that I did get a sense that it was true. Like what I need to do is I need to do everything I can to strengthen my own immune system. That's what God gave me, and I can work with that. Let's start there, right? And, uh, and I think it was a spiritual impulse. I don't think it was just a natural thing. I think it was from the Spirit. And the reason I think that is because it says in Romans 8, verse 11, that God cares about our bodies. Here's how it comes across. It says it in Romans 8, 11, the Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. And just as God raised Christ Jesus from the dead, he will give life to your mortal bodies by the same Spirit living within you. He... he he will give life to your mortal bodies by the same spirit living within you. I want you to read Romans 8, 11, all of it with me. So go back to the beginning of that verse, and let's just say it together, nice and strong. Go. The spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in me. And just as God raised Jesus Christ from the dead, he will give life to my mortal body by the same spirit living within me. This is God revealing his heart. And part of what God is revealing here is that he cares about our physical bodies. Your mortal bodies is something God cares about. I want you to just take a moment right now, and I want you to just place your hand on your body, maybe on your chest or, 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 or your belly or wherever, and, and, and just I want you to just say, God cares about my body. He really does. Say it again. God cares about my body. 
That's just the truth. That's what we just read. Now, I want you to keep your hand right there and just say, so Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. Yeah, you are welcome here. You are welcome here in my mortal body. God said that he wanted to do something about our mortal bodies. They matter to him. And so, yes, I'm going to do everything I can uh, to take care of my immune system because I believe it's a spiritual impulse to do that. But I'm going to let the power of my God come and invade my mortal body and take up residence. The, the message that I have today for you, the main idea would be simply this. I take care of my body as part of my spirituality. I take care of my body as part of my spirituality. Would you just say that with me? Say it. I take care of my body as part of my spirituality. I, I want you to say it again with me. Say it. I take care of my body as part of my spirituality. And by spirituality, I mean a real life of faith in the Lord Jesus Christ who gave his body so that I might live. And I take care of my body as part of my spirituality. I'm not setting these two things separate. I'm not thinking that my spiritual life is just about being on clouds somewhere someday singing a song. I'm thinking about the reality that my spiritual life is something I experience in my physical body. You know, my physical body is something that matters so much to God that he says, yeah, and one day I'm going to resurrect that stuff. No matter where you put the ashes or put the bone, I'm going to resurrect it. I, I, it's mind-blowing. I don't know why, but I think it has something to do with the fact that we are made in the image of God, that we're made in the very image of God. I want you to open up the scriptures to 1 Corinthians chapter 6 right now. So open up your Bible to 1 Corinthians chapter 6. You can... You know, swipe open to 1 Corinthians 6 or flip open there, but 1 Corinthians 6, we're getting there. And let me just say from the outset, this is a message about God's heart regarding our physical bodies. Now, let me say a few things. I cannot say all that needs to be or could be said about this topic in 30 minutes. Uh, and also, I want to make sure you hear this loud and clear. There is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. So as you hear this message about the physical body, I want to make sure you hear this loud and clear. There's no condemnation. That's, that's the zone that we're in, no condemnation zone. We're standing, all of us, on the grace of God. And every one of us have different things. We're in different stages of our life, and that affects our physicality. We are on different journeys and have different kinds of struggles and sometimes even different conditions that nobody else knows about. So this is not, there's no judgment and no condemnation in this. You hear me? Right? Come on, somebody say amen. Right? That's a good thing to say amen to. There's no condemnation. Amen. All right? There you go. Good. And what we want to do, though, is say, but God, since you care about my body, is there a next right step for me? And my right next step is going to be different than yours. You know, what God might lead you to do in terms of your physical body and what comes next to go in the right direction is different than her and different than him, and that's all right. But the most important thing is, but Spirit of God, do you say something to me? Do you have something for me? Because I want that for sure. Okay, so we jump right in then to, uh, to 1 Corinthians chapter 6 and uh, jump in, in at verse 12. You say, I'm allowed to do anything, but not everything is good for you. And even though I'm allowed to do anything, I must not become a slave to anything. You say, well, food was made for the stomach and the stomach for food. That's true. Though someday God will do away with both of them. You can't say that our bodies were made for sexual immorality. They were made for the Lord. And the Lord cares about our bodies. And God will raise us from the dead by his power, just as he raised our Lord from the dead. Don't you realize that your bodies are actually parts of Christ? Should a man take his body, which is a part of Christ, and join it to a prostitute? Never. And don't you realize that if a man joins himself to a prostitute, he becomes one body with her? For the scriptures say the two are united into one. But the person who is joined to the Lord is one in spirit with him. Run from sexual sin. No other sin so clearly affects the body as this one does. For sexual immorality is a sin against your own body. Don't you realize, don't you realize that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who lives in you 
and was given to you by God. You do not belong to yourself, for God bought you with a high price. So you must honor God with your body. So you must honor God with your body. Your body is that place where God will bring life to your mortal body. We read that already. We read here. Your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit. Your body, yeah. your physical form. And I think, I think it's, it's fascinating. I, I saw a video this past week. I, I've always been intrigued by robots. And from the time I was a kid till now, and lately, like those, some Boston something robot companies always putting videos out about robots, and it's so cool to see. And I feel like in my lifetime, robots have gone from science fiction to, to actual reality. And this past week, I saw this one video of this, this robot that they created. Check this out for a second. So, so, they, so they made this, this robot that, uh, that they designed to uh, do construction, and they designed this robot to be able to uh, do drywalling. And so here's this robot with hands, picking it up, bringing it over. And, and some of you who are in construction are looking at that and going, Psh, I could do that 10 times as fast as this thing. But, but it's still pretty amazing to see. It's like kind of fascinating to see this happening. And what I was taking note of are those things right there, the legs, the arms. That they went, they went to make this robot that could do construction. <laughs> And they made it with, with knees and legs and feet and arms and hands and even a head. Like they went to make this world-class best robot ever. And they made it looking almost like a human. And, and, I, and I marvel at that. And I'm thinking about this fact that there's something about, about your physical body that is so unique in all the universe in what it reflects, and it reflects the divine. The, the Word of God says in Genesis 1.27 that he created mankind in his image. Male and female, he created them. In the image of God, he created them. Your physical body, in a mind-blowing kind of way, reflects the divine. Yeah, I know, I know. Some of us don't go around looking at our bodies and going, <laughs> I'm a reflection of the divine. But it's the truth. You are your physical body. And so God looks at you and me and says, right, you, you, in a way that you don't even understand right now, this side of eternity, you are set apart in all the creation and your physical body matters. And your physical body is actually a reflection of the divine. So honor me with it. Honor me with it. That's what I feel like the heart of God is coming through this word. Let, let me just make sure that we caught this in verse 19 and 20. 1 Corinthians 6, 19, again, it said, don't you realize that your body, your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who lives in you and was given to you by God. You do not belong to yourself for God bought you with a high price. Read the last part out loud. Say it. So you must honor God with your body. Say it again. So you must honor God with your body. Now flip it and make it personal and say it with me like that. So I must honor God with my body. Say that again one more time. Say, so I must honor God with my body. That's the conclusion here. So when you read through 1 Corinthians 6, you get the sense that the overall context is God saying, let me talk to you about sexual stuff. And yes, God reserves the right to say, some things just don't fly. He, he's, he's the Lord. He wrote the book. He gets to say that. He's the author. And within that context, though, God is addressing our physicality generally and saying, it matters to me. Your ankles, your legs, your heart, your blood, your liver, your kidneys, your, your neck, your spine, your wrists, your, your body matters to me. And I want you to honor me with it. And so the challenge today is, how am I going to do that? Yeah. How, what's my next right step to do that, to actually honor God with my body? Yeah. And, and did you catch what it said? It said, your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. Your body. Touch, touch your body again, your heart or your, your tummy or your shoulder, whatever. Holy Spirit. Like your, your body. Your skin, your muscles, your ligaments, your tendons, your nerves, your body, your, the vagus nerve right down deep in the middle of you, your second brain, your body, temple of the Holy Spirit. Now, 
temple of the Holy Spirit. So think of this place, right? This place. We call it church. Actually, the people, we are the church, but this building. You know, imagine you walked up here this morning. And imagine as you got out of your car and you turned and you looked at this building, imagine you saw uh, all the light posts had been ripped down and imagine graffiti spray paint like all over the front of the building. Imagine all the windows and the doors bashed in by a sledgehammer and you're walking up to the building just taking this all in going like, what? What? happened here, and somebody had come and done a bunch of vandalism in the middle of the night, you would feel terrible. You would feel uh, torn up inside, right? Wouldn't you? Right? I hope so, right? And the reason is because we think of this place as sacred. And we don't want vandalism happening to the sacred place. Take that hand again. Sacred place sacred place right here you your physical body sacred holy blessed temple of the spirit of god that's what this is and we don't want to see any vandalism happening to the temple do we right we don't want to see any vandalism happening to the temple and the scripture says let me take you someplace that you should hear in first corinthians chapter 3 verse 16 it said this it said and this is the message paraphrase but it says you realize don't you that you are the temple of God, and God himself is present in you, no one will get by with vandalizing God's temple. You could be sure of that. God's temple is sacred, and you remember. You are that temple. Turn to somebody and tell them, say, you are that temple. Just say it to somebody, at least one person. Say it to somebody. Just turn and look at somebody, tell them. If nobody's sitting close enough to you, say it to yourself. I am that temple. Temple of the Holy Spirit. We don't want to have any vandalism happening to the temple. We don't. But we do. There's vandalism that sometimes takes place. Vandalism of, of the temple. Let me just dig into this a little bit, because sometimes there's vandalism taking place, and I want to call it out. Sometimes we vandalize this, this temple by abusing drugs and alcohol. It's just, I'm going to just start with the low-hanging fruit, the easy stuff. It, 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 we get addicted, and we get damaged by abusing drugs and alcohol. And I want to tell somebody there's freedom for you. Come to the front at the end of the service. Let our prayer team pray for you and see the chains broken off. Start coming to celebrate recovery on Friday nights and get free and get the vandalism cleaned off of your temple. Hey, come on, somebody in the back, say amen. We don't want the vandalism to continue. This is sacred. Another way we, we vandalize the temple is with with sexual immorality, and we don't know any better, we don't care, and so we're going and hooking up here and hooking up there, and, 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 we're, and we're giving ourselves away and wasting our temple, vandalizing the temple. And God is saying, come back, I want to clean this temple and make it mine and pure again. Some of us, were, we're vandalizing the temple just by all the crap we eat. Ah, uh, nobody said amen to that. Nobody. Not, <laughs> nobody said amen. Yeah. We vandalize this temple through a lack of just stretching. Does that sound too basic? But a lack of literally just stretching, like taking some care of it, just like you would do an oil change on your car because you care about it, like stretching. Like who knew? But yes, not doing that. We we vandalize these temples by uh, not taking care of doing any kind of physical exercise and just l- letting things go. We, that's vandalism. Stop the vandalism. That's what I wanted to say to somebody today. But you know what? On a deeper level, some of us are, are vandalizing the temple of God by what we say about it. We look at ourselves in the mirror and we, and we say, freaking hate that body. I'm just too fat, I'm too fluffy, I'm too short, I'm just too tall, I'm too wide, I'm too thick, I'm too scrawny, whatever it is, and we just speak words of death over ourselves. That's vandalism too. It's a kind of vandalism of the temple. And I want to call you back today and just say, can we, can we agree together that maybe it's time to repent and say, God, I, I want to repent of ways I've been vandalizing the temple. And instead, I want to bless it. I want to learn to honor you 
with the body you've given me. And I have the one I have. Whatever the shape it is, it doesn't, it doesn't, I'm not the one that she is, and I'm not the one that he is. I'm the one that you gave me, and I'm going to honor you with it, God. You know what I saw? This year, I found that uh, our top three New Year's resolutions in this country, I looked it up, and I took a screenshot of what I found on Statista.com, but the top three New Year's resolutions in America, top three this year in 2022, number one, exercise more, number two, eat healthier, number three, lose weight. Like, just right there in the beginning of the year, it's just the majority of people in our country are saying, I got I to gotta deal with it. They wouldn't might all say the temple, but that's what we're, we're talking about today, is doing that very thing. So let me take you back to 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 12, and one more time, it said, you say, I'm allowed to do anything, but not everything is good for you. And even though I'm allowed to do anything, I must not become a slave to anything. You say, food was made for the stomach and the stomach for food. This is true, though someday God will do away with both of them. But you can't say that our bodies were made for sexual immorality. They were made for the Lord. Your body, made for the Lord. And the Lord cares about our bodies. I want you to just touch your body again. I know this is weird. I'm doing this like the whole entire sermon. But touch your body and just say that part of that verse. The Lord cares about our bodies. Just say it. The Lord cares about our bodies. Say it one more time. The Lord cares about. Now flip it and make it personal. The Lord cares about my body. He cares about my body and the pain that I've been feeling and the thing going on with this blood disease and the issue going on with my thyroid and the stuff that's been happening with my back and the stuff in my nerves. God, he cares. You're not alone. He is in it with you with a heart of compassion. Can you hear it? He cares for you. He cares even for your body. And, and maybe what I'm asking you to do is join the Lord in caring for your body. You hear it? That's really what we're, we're talking about today. I, I think about this, this revelation from Scripture where it says, your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. And, and I'm, I'm thinking about, in the Old Testament, the temple and how valuable it was to God's people that they would give so that it could be built and established. And then they would do what they could to keep it up and maintain it. But then... The exile happens, and the temple got destroyed. Jerusalem and the temple got totally destroyed. And one day, a man named Nehemiah came back and saw that the temple was destroyed and that the walls were all knocked down, and it says he wept. He wept about seeing that the temple was destroyed. And then he began an initiative to repair that temple and to build back those walls. And here's what I want to do for just a minute. I want you to just imagine for me that that's a, a metaphor for us about, about our temple and, and maybe the way the process could work for us to experience progress in this thing. Nehemiah, it says, first he repaired the gates, and then he worked on the walls, and then he built back up that temple proper. And, and metaphorically, if you could go with me there, it's kind of like this, like the gates would have to do with nutrition and what we're putting into the bodies. And then the, the walls around it would be like the, the frame and the musculature. And then the temple proper, it's like the heart and the blood and everything at the very core. Are you with me on this metaphorical journey? Somebody over in this area. I'm thankful for a few of you. Yes, thank you. But this is, this is what I, I feel God's speaking to me, and powerfully, actually, over the last few years as I've been dealing with health stuff of my own, which is that, that I need to do what I can do regarding my body. So personally, it hits home because I deal with a congenital it, a disease that I fight that ends up causing me to have tumors in my nerves called neurofibromatosis. It's such a pain. A and I can't do anything about it because I cannot change the genes, at least not as of yet. And because I can't do anything about that, I want to do everything I can do about what I can do something about. And that is uh, these two main categories that I'm going to address right now. It says in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 31, so whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. Whether you eat or drink, I, I hope all of you are doing both of those things. 
whether you eat or drink, but this part I don't know if I do or you do. Do it all for the glory of God. And I think what that means is if we really consider what the glory of God is about, it's about the best that heaven radiates because of the presence of God. And is what I'm putting into my body, is it lining up with the glory of God? And I have to admit that in my life, there have been seasons where I'd have to say, uh, no, because I'm eating a bunch of garbage. <laughs> and I need to deal with that. If that's the case, I need to deal with that. Like I, I've already shared, on a personal level, I got stuff I can't seem to do anything about. But this I can do something about. I can stop eating trash. And you know what, big picture, if I start looking into the Bible, you read through the Old Testament, and what you find there is, is you find uh, 26 different food laws, like very specific laws in the Old Testament, the thou shalts, right, having to do with what we can eat and not eat and how and when and all that, 26 of them. And in the Old Testament, everybody had to do that stuff. And you know what? If you kind of analyze it, what you find is a lot of those food laws have to do with, hey, could you just stop eating trash? I mean, that's not the way the verses are spelled out, but that's the meaning of it. I mean, it's, it's stuff like, hey, don't, could you just stop eating the shrimp and pork? Why? Because in, in that time, the shrimp and the pork, which are scavengers eating trash, there's no way to really make them hygienic and, and, and suitable for consumption. And, and so God is saying, yeah, I care about you too much. Stop eating the trash. And then now we get to the New Testament era, and we know that we're free from the law and that we stand in grace, and somebody is saying, hallelujah, bring me my bacon, right? <laughs> Shrimps on the barbecue today. Okay, all right. <laughs> but I do think that if you just zoom out, big picture, God's heart is, I would prefer for you to not eat trash. Like, it, it, that's really the upshot if you look at it on the whole. And then you, you start taking into account that, uh, that God, God's word gives a few particular examples of, of people and the way they did some changes of their diet and what happened. And, and for example, Daniel. Daniel had a season where the Spirit of God spoke to him about, hey, hey, no more meat, just vegetables, lots and lots of vegetables. And he did that. And then the other side, the man, it said he looked healthier than everybody else around him. And I don't think that was just meant to be some sort of a children's Bible story. I think God has spoken to me about that and said, hey, I didn't just put that episode about Daniel in my book by accident. <laughs> it's actually part of my heart for you. Like on the whole, I felt like God has been whispering to me saying, more vegetables. Is that crazy to say? I literally feel like I've heard Spirit of God whispering that to me in my life. More vegetables. I have not heard the Lord saying, go vegan. I have not. And I just want you to know, <laughs> when you read the Old Testament, you, dude, you see so many barbecue festivals. They didn't call them barbecue festivals. They called them like, go to Jerusalem and bring your offering. But their offering was a lamb and an ox and a cattle, and it was a barbecue. And they didn't just burn up the animal sacrifice. No, no, no. They barbecued it and ate it. Read your Bible. It's in there. I mean, you can go vegan if you want to, but I'm just saying there's things in the Bible I'm sticking with, and barbecue's one of them. <laughs> but this is, now you're clapping. Oh, now you're, now you're here. Now you're the church I love. Okay. All right. <laughs> More veggies. But, but, but then there's this other whole category that, that doesn't have a word in the Old Testament, or really the Bible generally, because it, it wasn't created yet. And that's the issue of sugar. And I have felt like God has been speaking to me over the last several years saying, back off on the sugar, son. I literally feel like in my private times where I'm just trying to do my own thing, read the Bible and journal, like God's like, yeah, 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 but watch out for the sugar. I'm like, can I just have like a, I'm there for you and I'm going to give you peace kind of word? And no, God's speaking to me about backing off on the sugar. But he, here's the thing. The word sugar is not in the Bible, but some stand-in words are. Like, for example, the word honey. And it says this in uh, Proverbs 25, 27. It says, it is not good to eat too much honey. It's not. It's not good to eat too much honey. Okay, a little secret. I, I like the way that verse is phrased. Because it does give me a little leeway. 
Doesn't it? You see that in there? Anybody else see that in there? <laughs> it is not good to eat too much. As in, I can have some. It's not total denial. I'm grateful for that. But I do believe God has revealed in his word and, and personally, just, hey, watch out for that. And here's what I've, I've, I've learned. I read that in 1990, the average American was eating 22 teaspoons of sugar. But that now, the average American is having, oh, sorry, I, I, I got that wrong. 1994 teaspoons of sugar. Yeah. And now, 22 teaspoons of sugar. That's in, you know, what, 30 years? Can, can you even imagine the effect that it's having on our human bodies? That a mere 30 years ago, the average one of us, four teaspoons of sugar a day. And now, 22 teaspoons of sugar a day. And that's just the norm. And, and then Zuck comes along with his meta cage and the metaverse prison, and we're going to be stuck in the meta cage with nothing but a bag of Sour Patch Kids and, and a big old couch to sit on all day long. Like, uh, this is not good, my friends. It's not good. Like, this is, this is, I don't know, did that give you a visual that was just not very helpful or whatever? Bag of Sour Patch Kids, is that what made you all quiet on me? But I do, I do sense that God is, is nudging through his word for us to recognize that there are patterns of this world that aren't helpful or healthy to conform to. And just because it's on the shelves doesn't mean it's the right thing for me. And, and I, need to, I need to take responsibility for that. I feel God moving me in my life with this. And the second part of this is the gates, right? What I put in. And then the second part is the walls that get rebuilt and, the, and, the, and, and then the, the temple inside that gets rebuilt. And, and to me, this has to do with, the, if, the, if the metaphor holds, my physical frame and the musculature. And am I doing anything to work on it? And, and a number of years ago, uh, I, I felt like as I, you know, crossed over in, into my 40s, I'm like, dude, this is, it's not, it's not working the same. <laughs> Things are, are going slower and I'm, you know, getting bigger and I didn't want to, right? And so I, I, I've been on a journey for a few years now to try to figure this out. A couple years ago, we read a book or listened to a book called Delay, Don't Deny. It's about intermittent fasting and I'll just level with you. I'm a very big believer in it. I don't think it's for everybody, but it, man, it was... It has been very helpful for me, and it's allowed some changes to take place. So what happened was I started doing this intermittent fasting where basically I have one window in which I eat each day from 4 to 8 p.m. I know it sounds crazy, and I would have told you it sounded crazy if I heard about it two years ago, but then I, I started doing this, got there after, after listening to this book, and I, I have felt better than I've ever felt in my life, more even-keeled energy and uh, a sense of... of of health and vigor in my body like never before. And, and what happens for me psychologically is I've got four hours. I can eat anything I want in that window. That's the way it works. Anything, which I needed that. I've tried all that other stuff, the South Beach, the Atkins or whatever. And after three or four days, I quit because I just want a cookie. I want the muffin. You know, <laughs> This version of things, I can have that. I just, I need to wait until 4 p.m. And I like that. It works for me. But what also happens psychologically is I've got this thing in my mind going, wow, I've only got four hours where I'm going to eat good food. I need some good stuff. Bring me the vegetables. Bring me the healthy proteins. Like, bring me the right kind of fiber stuff. Like, that just happens. And it's been very good for me. And so I commend you to at least maybe look into it. It might be helpful to somebody. The thing is, there's no one size fits all on a message like this. We're all coming from different places. We need to hear the Lord leading us and sense what he's saying to us. And I think the next part of this, the physical exercise piece, is just as important. I have a, a, a practice of, of five days a week I work out, but my workout is, in some people's book, pretty lame. Like, I'm just waiting. I have a, a watch that tells me, oh, you closed your exercise ring after 29 minutes. And my goal number one is just, I just want to hear the watch tell me I've finished. And, and if I did that, I've done enough. And some days... I'm like, oh, look at that. I don't, have, I don't even have 30 minutes, and so I might as well do nothing. I, and I've stopped doing nothing. If I only have seven minutes, then I'm going to do seven minutes and call it good. I, I'd, I'd rather do something rather than nothing. That is my approach. And I have felt like God has used it to bring strength into my body. And more often than not, I do bring a bit better workout than the one I just described. 
But the other, the other thing is to recognize it's in Scripture. 1 Timothy 4.8 says, for physical training is of some value. Why don't you just say the first part of that verse with me? Say it. For physical training is of some value. Yes, there's a context where the rest of the verse says, yeah, you know, take care of your spirit within you. Right. But it doesn't say to deny the value of the physical training. It's of some value. And so for some of us, we might say to ourselves, I don't have time. I don't have time to go to the gym for an hour. I don't have time. Okay, fine. Well, then maybe you could start doing some exercise snacking. Have you heard that term? It's a term people are starting to use, exercise snacking. And, and it's not this. It's not, I will now open this bag of chips because I am going to exercise snacking. It's not that. It's, the emphasis is on the exercise, like exercise snacking, as in do little bits of exercise. You don't have an hour to go to the gym, that's fine. But maybe on your lunch break, you have four minutes where you could do a brisk walk around the parking lot. Do that. You don't have time to go to the gym for an hour, but at the end of the day, uh, you know, while you're watching that show, you get on the floor and just do some leg lifts until you can't do them anymore. Like, there's things you can do. Like, sometimes, you know, we'll be sitting and, and, and watching a show at night, and then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, Anne will kind of, like, jump up, and she'll start, like, doing this, like, high knees, like, going for it. And I'm like, what is going on? Let's just calm down and watch the show. And she's like, I got 700 steps to go. 680, 650, she's going to get her steps in, right? And, and it's 9.30 at night, and she's doing some exercise snacking, right? Just get it where you can. Are you with me? Say amen. Amen. Like, the, there are ways we all can do something, and that's what I'm pleading with for you. Take your next right step regarding your physical body. Ask God to speak to you like maybe he's spoken to me about what you're putting in. Ask God to speak to you about the patterns in which you are using your body. And are you doing some things to give it a fighting chance at strengthening? Because it will be for you and your benefit in the long haul to the degree that you do. I mean, don't you want to one day, if you're young now, don't you want to one day be that grandfather that's like rolling around on the floor with your kids, playing with them till they're too tired to keep going? Don't you want to be that, that person who, uh, when you go out with a group of friends, you, you're the one, like, keeping the pace, like, setting the tone, like, yeah, we're going quick, but I'm not holding anybody back. Don't you want to be the one who's like, I got that for you, and you're lifting up the stuff and putting it in its place, and you're not worried about whether you're strong enough or whether your back's going to go out, because you've been honoring God with your body. I hope you take this to heart today, and, and let me just close with this. 1 Corinthians 6, 19, it says, don't you realize that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who lives in you? I was given to you by God. You do not belong to yourself, for God bought you with a high price. So you must honor God with your body. For God bought you with a high price. God bought you with a high price. I, I want to just conclude with this. God bought you with a high price. And what this is a reference to is Jesus and everything Jesus did on the cross. And when Jesus was nailed to the cross, he was paying the price for you to experience salvation, for you to have your sin forgiven, for you to have the hope of heaven, for you to have the rock of grace to build your life on. For you to have the flow of the power of Jesus coming into your life, the resurrection power of Jesus coming into your life, left and right, day in and day out, morning and night, sleeping and awake, the power of Jesus coming into your life, lifting you up in resurrection strength. He bought you at a high price, and he allowed you to be forgiven and set free from guilt and shame and condemnation and for Every believer today, I'm asking you to step back up and say, thank you for that, Lord. And for somebody else who this is all new for you, I want you to hear that loud and clear, that God saw you as one so valuable that he would say, I will offer my very own life in Jesus Christ so that you will know that there's a way for you to be fully forgiven because the penalty has been paid completely, like every penalty price covered on your behalf by Jesus. And so for somebody, I'm, pl I'm pleading with you today 
to ask Jesus to forgive your sins and save your life. He's already done. He's already paid the price for it. And I want you to be able to receive what he paid for, the forgiveness of your sins and the opportunity to experience the Spirit of God living in you, dwelling in you, empowering you, carrying you, strengthening you. So I want us to take a couple of minutes to pray together right now. And we're going to pray that for every one of us who's a believer, that God would begin to reveal to us next right steps for our life regarding our physical body that he cares for. So we can experience God giving life to our mortal bodies like he wants to do, as he said in Romans 8, 11. And there's particular ways, all of us in so many different ways. I believe God wants to do that. So let's take a moment and let's just pray together and be in his presence. You can just pray with me. Heavenly Father, thank you for your goodness and your word. Thank you, God, that you care about all of who we are, mind, body, soul, and spirit. And thank you that what we just read declared God cares for our bodies. You care for our bodies. And so first, right now, in this moment, I want to say thank you for that, God. And maybe some of you might join me in that. Say, God, thank you for that, that you care for my body. Just thank him right now. Especially if you are, if he sustained you in good physical health. Right now, I want you to just maybe say, oh, thank you, God. I don't take that for granted. Thank you that you've cared for my body and that you care for it still. Thank you, God. For somebody, and, and a number of us today, I feel like the word from the Spirit of God for you is, well done, son. You're doing great, daughter. I see you. I see the steps you're taking to take care of that temple. And I love it. For somebody else, I feel like the Spirit of God is in this moment just kind of nudging and whispering and saying, come away with me for a minute. I want to show you the future and what it will be like and what it can be like when you take some steps like you've heard about today. Like I, I literally feel the Spirit of God with those words for somebody. Come away with me for a minute. I want to show you the future, what it can be like. Now, for somebody, I want you to just enter into that word for a minute. Like, if you can, imagine the future. Like, you've, you've responded to some of what you've heard in this message today. And th things are different. How you're feeling is different. And, and, and can you see yourself like you're just jumping, jumping for joy, maybe like never before. Here's the other side of this, where it says, God cares for our bodies. I'm aware that for some of us, our bodies are in pain. We're dealing with physical issues that we haven't found a solution for. And I want to pray right now that God would bring a touch from heaven. He said he cares for our bodies. I'm hoping that he will demonstrate that care with a touch of relief and healing. Right now, actually, I think he's already been doing that just because of his presence while we've been gathering. But let's just ask him, Heavenly Father, would you touch my body and bring relief to me? Now, I want you to maybe even as a step of faith, take your hand and your own hand, like place it on your body where the thing is that you've been struggling with. It's that shoulder. Just put your hand right there and just simply say it. Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. Just say it. Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. Touch that part that needs his touch. Touch that knee. Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. Grab that foot and touch it. Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. While we're praying, testimony. Somebody just told me this this morning. Hey, there was a sister who was at home last week. She couldn't come to church. She was watching online. You gave a word of knowledge about somebody's right foot needing to be healed. And this sister, Jill, she had been struggling with plantar fasciitis for years. And in that moment, even though she was sitting at home because she was in too much pain to even come to church, God healed her. And this man came up this morning to tell me, I want you to hear that. I want you to hear that. So I'm praising God. He's faithful. No time and space boundary for him. And so, Father, I pray that even right now you would begin to do a, a profound work of healing in physical bodies. And we say, yes, God, we will do our part. We, we will do our part. What we can do, we will. 
the gates, the walls. <laughs> We're working. We're going to work on that. But Lord, for some of us, we need you to touch us in a deep place. Would you bring healing into our bodies, God? Believe you for it. Why don't you stand to your feet, church? Let's stand up together. Let's stand up together. Now, for some of us, before we go, the most important thing right now is where do you stand with God? Are you right with God? And do you know that you're right with God? And how so? Like, on what basis is it, well, I think I've been pretty good lately. That will never last. That's, it can't be about that. Are you good with God and are you right with God because you've said yes to Jesus Christ who measured up fully on your behalf? That's the real question. And if you cannot answer that question, then I'm asking you, I'm pleading with you to finally say yes to Jesus. Ask him to forgive your sins and save your life. It'll change everything for you. So Heavenly Father, I pray for a spiritual awakening right now in this moment. I pray, Father, that right now there would be a revelation for somebody of finally knowing I need to ask Jesus to forgive my sin and save my life. I don't want to keep going this way. I don't want to stay in the dark any longer. I don't want to stay bound in the sin anymore. I want to be set free. While we're praying together, if you're here and you would say, I want that. I want to be right with God. I want to say yes to Jesus once and for all. Right now, I want you to raise your hand really high with me. It's your chance to once and for all say, I want to ask Jesus Christ to forgive my sin and save my life. I need you to raise your hand really high with me and keep it up for a moment. This is your moment to finally say, I'm saying yes to Jesus. Right here in, in the middle on my, on my right, right here in the middle on my left. It's excellent. In the middle, in the back, both of you. This is excellent. This is God's work right now, drawing you to Himself. What's happening right now is your Heavenly Father is reaching you and He's calling to you saying, son, come home, daughter, come home. And you're doing it. You're coming. Your hand is up. It's not just hand up. It's you're coming home to Jesus. And so right now, I want you to pray with me. And you just say something like this. You can say it with me. Jesus Christ, I believe in you. Start there with me. Say it. Jesus Christ, I believe in you. Say it again. Jesus Christ, I believe in you. I believe you paid the price for my sin when you died on the cross. Jesus, I believe you're alive. Say that with me. Jesus, I believe you're alive because you beat death. You rose from the dead. Would you come into my life? Be the Lord of my life. Set me free from the bondage of sin and death. Set me free from the addiction. Set me free from that. For somebody right now, you, you, your life has felt like you've been on tracks that only go in one direction and it's straight to hell and you've been living through hell and you feel like that's the destination anyway. God says, I'm changing the direction of the tracks. I'm setting you free. I'm turning you around. I'm bringing you to the destiny I have for you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We honor you worship you, we praise you. Would you just lead us and sing out? Just honor God.